Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our teaching on Friday morning, our Bible study that we have here at Crossway Church in the studio. And uh, we're excited about the Lord giving us the opportunity to teach the Word on Friday mornings here at 9 a.m. Central Time every Friday. If you live anywhere near Queen City, Atlanta, Texas, Texarkana, Shreveport, believe me, it'll be worth the drive over to the studio. And uh, every Friday morning, 9 a.m. Right now, presently, we're in the book of Jude. We just started last Friday, so you can find all these teachings that we do here at Crossway Church on the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, which is thecrosswaychurch.com. And I encourage you to... Uh, Join up with us and be a part of these uh, uh, Bible studies, whether you're close and you can come. We have people here almost every week. Robin's out for the summer uh, from teaching, so she's here. And we've got a couple more good saints this morning. One lady drives from Shreveport almost every week. That's about an hour's drive. So it is worth the drive and uh, to be here and to be a part of a great Bible study and learning the Word of God. And again, don't forget to pray for our other church in, in Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, they're at 4217 Kemp Boulevard at the Hampton Inn. We meet the second weekend every month on a Friday night at 7 and Saturday morning from 10 to lunch. Not this weekend, but next weekend, July the 11th through the 14th, we'll have several ministers there, myself, my son Andrew, Pastor Tommy Wiedelman from Tuttle, Oklahoma, Pastors Clint and Lindsey Bass from Palestine, Texas, all starting on that Thursday night. We'll work our way through Sunday morning, have a great time, fellowship in the gospel with the people of God, and we just can't wait. It's going to be a great time in the Lord. So uh, uh, don't forget to put on your calendars as well. In October, the 24th through the 27th is our determined camp meeting, one like you will never, ever be at anywhere. It's where ministers come in. Thirteen ministers will be here this year, and they all bring the message of the cross. They all bring the word of the Lord uh, pointing to Christ and what he accomplished at Calvary. And I thank God for all of them and what, he's, what the Lord is going to do this year at the Determined Count meeting. And again, that's October the 24th through the 27th. So today is uh, session two of our Jude teaching. Last week, we didn't even get into verse one. We just had an uh, intro into the book of Jude, and I thought it was just fabulous what the Lord gave us, and I'm looking forward to this morning digging into the very first verse. We probably won't even get out of the first verse <coughs> because, number one, we're not in a hurry, and number two, it's just uh, so much in every verse of Scripture uh, that we can't rush through it. And even if we took one year on verse 1, we still wouldn't get the depth of everything God wanted us to have out of it because God's Word is eternal. And it will have an eternal significance. Every bit of it, not just one part of it, but all of it will have an eternal significance in our hearts, in our lives, eternally. Because in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Bible is the Word of God, and it is eternal. So this morning, let's look at verse 1 in this first, and might I add, only chapter of Jude. Uh, and the Bible says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called... And, and we'll, we'll stop right there and we'll just dig a little bit here in, in verse 1. And the main topic of today's uh, session is really going to be that of servanthood. And you'll notice here Jude who could have said, I'm a, I'm a brother of Jesus. He didn't say that. But, you know, and and I, who knows why he didn't say that, but more than likely the reasoning is when Jesus was alive, even though Jude was a half-brother to Jesus, he had denied him the whole life of Jesus. None of his brothers acknowledged him as Lord, as the Redeemer, as the Messiah. They all rejected him while he was alive. And it wasn't until after he was uh, crucified, buried, and raised from the dead that his brothers even acknowledged him as the real Messiah, the one that God did send. And Jude 
uh, doesn't even take on, you know, himself like, yeah, I was the brother of Jesus. He, he's not trying to get anybody to look at him. And that's really the ultimate thing about Jesus. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. And we're here to serve, not to be served. It's something huge that the church needs to hear today. We all have a problem with it. We all like to be served. If we'd say we don't, we're lying right now and already deceived. We like to be served? Why do you think all the restaurants exist? Because people don't want to cook. They want to go get somebody else to cook and bring it to the table and clean their dishes when they're done. We all want to be served to some degree, uh, but it's, it's a dangerous thing to want to be served when we're here as Christians. And, and listen, our main function as a Christian is to serve God by serving Christ. And, and, and to const not after a month or 20 years, the attitude in the church is, well, I've served God for 20 years, now it's time somebody to serve me. We'll see in the Scriptures today that never becomes the attitude of a true Christian who's clinging to the Scriptures. So that's mainly what we're going to be talking about today because that is the focus of verse 1, that Jude was a servant of Jesus Christ. He doesn't even bring up that he was the brother of Jesus, although he was a half-brother. he was. They had the same mother, uh, but they didn't have the same father. They had the same earthly father in the house with them, but Jude was conceived by Joseph, and Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So they lived in the same house. They were raised together, and sometimes I just have to sit back and wonder what that must have been like. You know, what, it, what must that have been like to be raised with a brother that never committed a sin? <laughs> well, number one, you don't want to... Listen, people don't like to be around people who are perfect. We don't even like to be around folks who are trying to be perfect. Well, they just think they know everything, don't they? I mean, the typical Christian today doesn't even want to be around somebody who's knowledgeable of the Word. And the reason is, is because they're not studying the Word. They don't have any knowledge of the Word. So when they get around others that do, they feel inadequate and they feel really convicted. And then they turn that into condemnation instead of them going and spending time with the Lord in His Word. So we don't even like to be around, the typical Christian doesn't even like to be around the preacher or some Christian who's really walking in the knowledge of, of the Word, much less living in the same house, being raised with somebody who's, who's never had an anger issue, who's never blurted out something wrong, never in anger committed any sin. We're talking about Jesus who never committed a sin. And I know there's lots of people who are Christians who think, well, that's taken a little too far. As a child, he must have uh, did something. He never committed a sin. If he committed a sin, he's not the Savior. He couldn't, he couldn't have saved us had he committed a sin. And he, and he didn't commit a sin. And so to be raised in the house growing up with a brother that did no wrong, not only in the eyes of parents, but in the eyes of God, he did no wrong, could never be pointed at and said, that's a sin. Can you? Now, nobody else on the planet has ever been able to do that. I don't care who you live with, you're going to see sin eventually surface in their life. No matter who it is, you're going to see something happen that shows that sinful nature, that flesh. And so, but Jude, when he's here writing, he doesn't focus on what he could boast in. I'm the brother of Jesus. Hey, how about that? I'm his brother. You know, that's normal. You know, <clears throat> instead of talking about the Lord, we want to talk about where we go to church, who our pastor is. Well, praise God for your church and your pastor if it's a place preaching the truth. But that's, our boast is not in what I've done. Our boast is not in our preacher, our church. Our boast is should be in Christ that we have been blessed beyond imagination to be even considered servants, to be able to serve Him. The disciples had that revelation. They, they had that in their heart that they even boasted in their being beaten 
in the name of Christ. What an honor it is to serve Christ because Philippians says, and let's look at that. It's not in my notes, but the Lord has given it to me this morning. So let's look at Philippians chapter 1 and the very last verse, the Lord just reminded me of it. Uh, look at verse 29 in Philippians chapter 1. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. Now many folks, they'll just turn the channel off right there. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to suffer. If I've got to suffer, I'm not going to be in this thing. Well, you're not in it to begin with. Because to believe in Christ, you enter into a fellowship of His sufferings. Whether you realize it or not, at that moment, and when people are born again, they don't of his sufferings, but believe me you, as you keep living in that pure faith that you've received, listen, as you keep living in that faith, by that faith, you're going to realize you, you done entered into some suffering. They're not going to say the right things to you. They're not going to treat you right. They're going to shun you, especially in the world today as full of iniquity as it is and as many people who are in the church who have already departed from the faith, wax cold from love, yet still proclaiming the name of Jesus, but they're out of the faith. There's a whole uh, have to go through, and you need to understand this. Read this again. Not only has it been given to us to believe on Him. Notice what the Bible there says. It's been given. The Lord gave you the opportunity, the picture of your sinful self and the picture of a wonderful Redeemer dying for you. God gave you that, not to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. This is part of servanthood. We're talking today about the first verse in Jude. Servanthood, what, what Jude is, is boasting in. I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. I, I could have said he's my brother, but I didn't. I said I'm his servant. I didn't serve him while he was here, but you better know I'm going to serve him now. And you know what? We can serve Christ even better because he's not here. He's gone to be with the Father and he's given us his spirit. So now the Bible even says that we know him even no longer after the flesh, but we know him through the spirit. People who sitting around try to, trying to imagine a, a dark, uh, darkened skin, dark-eyed Jew with long hair and a beard maybe, trying to get a mental picture of Jesus, you, you're trying to serve something that you have no clue about. And we don't know him. We don't seek him after the way he looks. We seek him for who he is to us through what he did for us at Calvary. We need to remember that. And it's been given to us to believe upon Him and it's been given us to suffer, the Bible says, for His sake. Even the suffering we go through as servants of God are, are not for us. Not, I mean, it's not totally not for us because it helps us to grow. It helps us to bear fruit. But it is, it says, for His sake the sake of His name, to prove the power of His name, what His name, when believed upon, can do. It can bring you, yes, into sufferings, but through sufferings and out of suffering and, and with, with great fruit. It's Wednesday night. It's a, it's not, God's not trying to make you appear strong. He's trying to show His strength on our behalf, and He does that for those that serve Him. It's really about serving Him, not making up excuses why I don't have to serve Him. You know, the typical Christian today, they won't go to church. If they do, they'd only go part of the time, and, and they get in their Bibles part of the time, and, and, but, and their excuses, you know, well, I'm serving Christ. Listen, you're serving Christ if you're serving Him in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that that it's acceptable when we serve God in these things. And we need to know that. God's looking for, for people who will boast uh, in, in what He's offered them. 
salvation, which sets us into a place of servanthood immediately. This is not talked about, taught very much on servanthood. And if it is, typically it's out of context. To serve God, you must serve Him, Romans chapter 6, in righteousness. You must serve Him in righteousness. You must serve righteousness. And so today... Uh, I, this first verse, and I know there, there's a whole lot of topics, and we we could cover them all in about a year and a half, maybe at least the highlights. But Jude is proclaiming here to be the servant of Jesus Christ, servant, a servant. That means that means I'm not setting the rules, I'm not making the order, I'm not determining what needs to be done. I have someone I'm serving. And how do we serve God? Through faith in His Word. His Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And, the, and when we're found serving Him, it's when we're found obedient to the Word. When we're not being obedient to the Word, He convicts us so we can continue to serve Him. And when we make excuses as to why we're not being obedient to the Word, we're not serving Him in that manner. Servants don't get to choose. And we'll see that in the Scriptures today that servants get to do and consider it a blessing to be a servant. Jude here again doesn't say, listen guys, I'm the brother. And even though you and I are younger brother and sister, Jesus is our great God and King as well. And we don't diddy bop around Jesus like, yeah, he's my friend. Glory, I, I can just talk to him any old way I want to. No, he is God Almighty to be feared reverently even though he's called us friends. But he has said, those who are my friends are obeying my commands. So there we have the, the, the mindset of servanthood. He's the captain of our salvation. He's told us through the Apostle Paul, we're good soldiers. What do good soldiers do? They serve the captain by obeying his orders so that we can function as the army of God. But it takes servants. Those who are not servant-hearted, servant-minded, they're constantly rebellious. They're constantly going against the rules, yet they get on fake book and they think they're serving God. They're not planted in the church. They're not giving tithes and offerings. They're not, and they're close to where they could be planted, and they're not there. But they're on fake book trying to make a name for themselves as Mr. or Mrs. Spiritual, but God sees the heart. God deals with us. There's some people I know right now that are stuck in a place and there's avenues in their life they will not get faithfully and they refuse to get faithful in these certain avenues that God has laid before us. And all their excuses are not legitimate before God and they're crying out, God help me. Crying out, God help me in this way. God help me in this avenue. And he wants to, but he has prescribed the way for you to enter into for him to be able to help you. And as long as you rebel, and, and I mean as long as you refuse to serve him, by being obedient to his command, his word. And I'm not talking about to get saved. I'm talking about to experience the things as children of God, as good soldiers in his army. You're not going to find what you're looking for. Amen. And the people who claim they know the most truth, God's going to require that you walk in that truth. You can't just be on fake book touting it out all the time. God sees your heart. And again, there are people right now who have much lack in their lives and God's waiting on them to, to be obedient in certain avenues and He will pour out like He has promised to do. He's not mystical and magical and believe me, He's not just going to do it anyway. You know, and, and the people that claim they know the most scripture and they're out there, boy, they're just boy blasting and preaching and sharing it and coming against all these things that are wrong out there when people that are around them know them, and we're not talking about being perfect, no, they're rebelling. They're not serving God the way they should be. Amen. We know them by their fruits. Not being ugly this morning. But we're talking about serving, and Jude said he's the servant of Jesus Christ. He does say he's a brother, but he doesn't say it to Jesus. He says he's a brother of James. But he could. I'm, all, I'm a brother. 
And I think it's because he exalted Jesus to such a degree that I'm going to tell everybody what I Okay? And this morning, we, we're the righteousness of God in Christ. We're sons and daughters of God in Christ. We're, he's things. But I'm telling you, what we are is servants. We are servants. Even though he's called us friends, you're no longer my servants, but, he, but we still serve God by serving Christ. Amen. This is needful for all of us to see and understand. You, you don't hear very many teachings on servanthood, the servant heart. And again, the reason why is because the people are not going to like it. Have you ever known anybody in your life, and, and, and I'm being honest now, I'm being honest, don't hope nobody gets your feelings hurt, but I've only known, I can count them on one hand, the people that I've known who are just servants, they are servants. They, you, know, you know these people, they go around looking for how they can serve. They're looking for it. One, I won't even call his name. It was a young man years ago. He, every time I was around him, and I'm not talking about he was just serving. Everywhere he was at, in a room full of people, he was just looking for what he could do for somebody else. Just constantly, he was a servant-hearted fella. And that's really, we're here to serve. We're here to serve, and that's just the way it is. And as we've read in Philippians 1 and 29, if we're serving him, it's because we're believing on him. And if we're believing on him, we're going to also enter into these sufferings. And sometimes this old flesh just doesn't like to serve, it likes to be served. But the spirit man, that inner man that's created in righteousness and true holiness in Christ, he longs to be a servant. He wants to serve Christ and several of the ways we do that is by serving the people we go to church with, being nice, loving them, helping them, being respectful of the order in the church, the leadership in the church. And I'm not coming to teach on all that, but we do that by at work. We serve God even on our jobs by being respectful to our employers. Not talking about them with all the other folks out there that don't know anything about being servant, servants of God, servants of Christ. But we serve God by serving our pastor. We serve God by serving our bosses properly and serving those around us. Amen. We're to love all people. We're to be Christians in front of all people. Amen. Today, Christianity today is we come to church and we got a good show to put on, but boy, when we, when we really don't want to live like a Christian, we also got a group of friends out there that's fleshly. We can hang out with them and act all fleshly. Somebody know what I'm talking about up in here. That old flesh likes to keep a handful of people out there we can hang out so we don't have to uh, uh, be all spiritual. Listen, somebody needs to repent and get right this morning. <laughs> We've all known what that's like. Now when he follows Christ, he doesn't write about being his brother in the same family, but rather he writes about Jesus as Lord over him. That's what it means when he says, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. He means Jesus is my Lord. I'm serving him. I'm living according to his teachings now. I rejected him. I can't do nothing about that now. That was then, this is now. And we need to wake up to that. No matter what you've done in the past, God's ready to forgive you, deliver you, and use you today. Look at the Apostle Paul. He was putting Christians in prison, if not killing Christians, torturing Christians. But when God, the Lord saved him, he began to use him in great and mighty ways because God's not looking back at all you've done. God's looking right now today if you'll simply believe upon Christ and what he did for you at Calvary, step into servanthood. Step into a place where you acknowledge, first of all, just to your own self. I am going to serve Christ with my life. Not just at church on Sunday morning, Wednesday night. Listen, I'm going to serve Christ with my life. That's what we mean when we say we gave our heart to the Lord. If he's got your heart, that means you're believing his word, being led by the Spirit, bearing forth the fruits of his righteousness because the servants of Christ bear forth the fruit of Christ. And it all takes place by his spirit. Now, 
Contending for the faith can only be done through a heart of servanthood. I think that's an important statement. Contending for the faith. If I, if I don't have a servant, if I'm not doing it for the right reason, then I'm one of those Paul wrote about that I'm just preaching Christ uh, contentiously, out of, out of contention. Just, you know, I've, I've got anger issues. I'm, I'm trying to... You know, you know, and, I, and I'm preaching Christ. I'm pointing people to Calvary, but I'm also tearing other people down and trying to take advantage, you know, of other ministries. And contending for the faith can only be done properly through a heart of servanthood. You got to understand, it's more than a church service. It's more than a song. It's more than a Bible study. It's a we serve God from our hearts. And we're going to see some things this morning as we look first of all here in Matthew 23, 1 through 11. Because we're talking about servanthood. That's what Jude claimed he was. And it's very important because in le and he's going to get into, and I know when people talk about teaching Jude, come on brother, just get past all this. Let's just talk about content. that you're a servant and walking in that place of servanthood, you ain't contending for nothing but a name for yourself. And deception is I don't even know that I don't know that I'm doing that. Contending for the faith is a place of servanthood. Serving God. We need to know that. Jesus taught. How many like to hear what Jesus taught? Glory to God. Matthew 23, verse 1, Then Jesus spoke to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' place. Now notice, we're he's going to be teaching on servanthood here. Who the real servants are and who the real servants are not, but have an appearance as though they are. And that's what Moses was. He was the leader of God's people. And Jesus says the Pharisees are sitting in his place in his seat of authority trying to lead the people. I bid you to observe that observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. Now that's Christianity today, my friends. People who are telling everybody what they ought to be doing, but they ain't doing it. They're out there, here it comes again, they're out there on Facebook, and they're against everything, but they're not living this life. See, you don't get to pick and choose little bits of pieces of what you want to do to serve Christ. You're not the one who comes up with the the, the order the direction, the instruction, the will. You're the one who simply says, Lord, lead me in your truth. That's the only place he's going to lead you. And Christianity today as a whole, just we just pick and choose. Well, I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll read my Bible if everything and I'll, I'll give if, 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 if I, my finances are where I can give because we haven't stepped into a true place of servanthood that says first of all okay going to church is the way of my life giving tithes and offerings guess what it's the first check on the list it's not if I have it left at the end that's not a servant heart Church, check. Study the word, check. Tithes and offerings. It's all of the Lord. I don't get to pick and choose and make my own Jesus up, make my own will up. We have the will of God for us in the word of God. And yes, Lord, I'm your servant. Here I am. Teach me thy way. Lead me in thy truth. He'll do that if you'll let him. If you'll remain a servant to him. Not in the way you want to, but in the way he's prescribed for us to serve him. 
That's good this morning. I know a lot of people probably done turned that off because they're all uh, soaked into the new age apostate backslidden church. He's telling them here in verse 3, whatever they're telling you to observe, he's talking about the Word of God, that observe and do. But don't be doing what they're doing because they say and do not. They say, they tell you to do what's right, but they're not doing it. Verse 4, for they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born and lay them on men's shoulders. What's that mean? That means what you ought to be doing to serve. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. That means they're not servants. They're not serving. They're only there to be served. And that's what Jesus found when He showed up to save His people. Verse 5, But all for to be seen of men. Now he's teaching. That's not a servant in the eyes of God. That's, that's an exploiter of God's people. These ministers today in our time that are puffed up so high, they've got servants around them. And, and Listen, I saw a man one time come to this church I was in, and he had a man carrying his briefcase. When they set him at the dinner table that night, man, they, they, set, him, they set him down in a chair, this preacher, and these were his bodyguards, so-called servants. They put his fork there for him on the napkin. I mean, they brought him. Everybody else was in line to be... To go. He, man, he just they man they put him up like he was somebody because he was a preacher. That ain't the way of Jesus. And in that way, all in the name of servanthood is not servanthood. We need to look back at Jesus and see that he did not come and expect people to wait on him hand and foot. He didn't just kick back and say, "Hey, wash my feet." No, he said, "I'm here to wash your feet." Hallelujah. See, that's good stuff right there. But that ain't what the flesh, the flesh wants. Don't y'all know I'm the preacher? That's the attitude in a lot of circles today. And it, I mean, preachers tell their kids, and this is why you've got the, the famous line, oh, that's a PK, preacher's kid. It's because they raise their kids saying, don't do that. Don't you know I'm a pastor? I've never said that one time in all my life because... That puts some kind of force and stress on them not to do something because of a position I have in the church. Instead, we should say we're, we're not serving Christ when we're living that way. Because it is all planet. We are here to serve Christ, number one, top of the list. Anything gets in the way of that and it knocks us away from being His disciples. That's what Jesus taught. So watch this. Verse 5, But be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. Look at me, look at me, look at me. That's huge in the church today. Huge. Verse 6, They love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues. And greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, Rabbi, Rabbi. But be now. Listen, this is the words of our Jesus. Salvation, the Savior, Lover, and Keeper of our soul. This is the words that we should hold so dear and precious to us. It's the one who's preparing a place for us that's going to come get us into groom. Hallelujah. And we're his bride. He's coming for us, I hope, today. This is. He says in verse 8, but be not you. What they think they've got to do, but you don't be called rabbi because one is your master, even Christ, and all 
and call no man your father upon this earth. For one is your father which is in heaven. No wonder the church was in the dark ages under the Roman Catholic false authority. And, and they're part of the ones Jesus is talking about because they call the Pope father. They call the priest father. Jesus, I do that. They're not serving God by doing that. They're being disobedient to the very word of God. That's why they have to, that's, first of all, that's why they don't want the common people, listen, even to this day, really having the word to the point that when, when the devil in the Roman Catholic Church, and that's who's running that thing, when he saw that finally uh, that the Reformation was going to take place anyway in spite of his uh, uh, resistance against it and the people are, looks like, going to get the word of God after all. So now he's going to give a whole new version to the Catholic people and all now that'll take the deity away from Christ. Because when you remove Christ as the ultimate authority, you really don't have to believe everything he said. But I'm glad that you and I have the same Savior that the Bible has written about, the same one that Jude said but look at what Jesus says in verse 8. Be ye not called rabbi, because one is your master, even Christ, and all you are brothers. And call no man your father upon the earth, because one is your father, and he is in heaven. He Listen, he's not only our... We don't have a father on the earth except the one that biologically brought us on the scene. And Jesus is talking spiritually here. He's saying, listen, don't be called... He, he don't have a problem with you calling your daddy daddy and your daddy father. He's talking about spiritual leadership here. Those who sit in the seat of leading God's people are not... Fathers to them, we 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 in in a spiritual sense, <clears throat> like Timothy and Paul, but but we're not to be called father. We have one father. This is the words of Jesus. Call That's pretty simple. Call no man fa your father upon the earth, because one is your father which is in heaven. Watch this. Neither be ye called masters, because one is your master, even Christ. Verse 11. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. He that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Now, who's, who's been the greatest one that ever lived among humanity? Jesus. And he says, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Yes, in that process of, 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 of serving humanity, people served him, they worshipped him, and he didn't stop them. But he wasn't here for that. He was here to serve us. He came to serve us. And he did that the first time he came. Let me tell you something. The next time he comes will be to serve certain things out to humanity, but it will be to be served as King of kings and Lord of lords. And this is a powerful teaching because the the people on the earth are those who are servants. We need to always remember that. And let me tell you something. Just because you're not servant-hearted doesn't mean you can't grow into a place of being a servant. Every Christian has received the Spirit of God. Every one of us. Don't ever make the mistake of saying, well, I can't ever serve like they can know. The fact is you may never serve in certain areas they're serving in, but you can serve Christ with all of your heart and you can be servant-hearted with all of your heart. You may never serve in a pastoral position. You may never serve as a Sunday school leader or a praise and worship leader or a youth pastor. But listen, those aren't the only things we serve in. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all each member is almost is very important to God, equally important to God. Even those members of the body, Paul wrote, that are, are least thought about, least like the 
act, and I'm just using an illustration that you don't give much thought to, but it's very important. So it's not, well, the pastor's most important. No, we're all is to Christ. Servanthood is what we're here to do, to serve. We're here. We're left here to serve Christ and humanity. We're here to serve. You know, we're, Jesus said we're the salt of the earth. What does one thing do? The first thing that comes to your mind about salt, it preserves. The second thing, I hadn't thought about too much. I think I read it in one of John Phillips' uh, commentaries. He said salt makes you thirsty. So if we're being the salt of the earth, we're preserving that which is of God. We're God by being led of the Spirit according to His Word. But the way we live as servants to Christ is also making other people thirsty for what we have. The world, they're not going to come up and say, hey, what to say, but they're going to see as we serve God, yes, there will be millions who rebel, but there's some that's going to see that we're drinking from the well of salvation, not knowing how to put that in words, and they're going to begin to inquire because we are being the salt of the earth, the light of the earth today, and we do that only through serving Christ. And we don't serve Him unless our faith is in the cross. We might go through the motions and be doing lots of things, but the Lord recently has had us always reverting back to Romans chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, where you can be doing all kinds of things that appear to be right, but you yourself can be dead. You can have a name that you really got it going on, all these ministries, but you yourself be dead. You need to read that. Not here to teach on that. Follow us and you will grow. Follow this ministry and I promise you, you will grow. I don't mean dab in once every few weeks. I mean if you follow this ministry, you will grow. Not because of me, not because of the people here, but because of what the Holy Spirit is saying in and through this ministry today. And I'm not ashamed to say that. I'm not ashamed to say that. We should all be able to say that concerning our ministries. And now, the greatest among you shall be your servant. And the greatest servant that's ever lived is Jesus. Therefore, we get our leadership and our, the, our example from Christ. Do we not? We, we look at Christ, and years ago there was a phrase that hit the, man, it hit the, the, the scene and they sold bracelets and bumper stickers. What would Jesus do? The big question is, after you know what Jesus would do, what you going to do? Because the church... But for almost the whole... ...have had a testimony, well, I know what I should have done, but I, I know what I should be doing, but I... Listen... The illumination from God's Word is so great today in revealing to us the power that we have through faith in the cross that we don't have to be having that testimony anymore. Yes, we will always, to some degree, say, I know I shouldn't have done that, but we won't make excuses. for That won't become a way of life. That won't just be concerning that same issue for 20 years. Because when that's the case, my friend, listen... That's what you're known for. We're not just forgiven, we're delivered. And as we serve Christ according to His Word by the Spirit, we find ourselves so busy about our Father's business that our minds are not wrapped up in all the things they used to be wrapped up anymore. If the church would get back to its mission, which is reaching a lost world and, and calling the people of God to repentance, listen, we'd be focused on Jesus and His leading and what He's doing and following Him. We wouldn't have time to be caught up in all the little political and all the, all the little things and all the, 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 the things. Listen, there are people today in the church saved, blood-bought. I know you're not going to like this, some of you, but they're deceived so bad they're, they're even becoming part of a socialist move. There are Christians, I'm sure, in some of that because Christians can be deceived. Amen, Brother Curtis. Not getting into that either. 
I know some of you ain't going to listen if I don't start preaching on certain things, but I don't care. I'm here to give you the truth. And if you listen and you follow it and you believe it, God will change your life. When we've done all we can to serve, we just keep on contending for the faith, which means to keep on serving Christ. You can't separate those two things. Here over the last couple of years, the Lord has been showing us here uh, things that you cannot separate. You cannot be contending for the faith and not serving Christ. But you can't serve Christ except in one avenue, and that's through faith in what He did at Calvary. There's a lot of people who've jumped on the bandwagon of the message of the cross the last 22 years, but it's not long for some. Some it takes a little longer before they jump off the wagon because they begin to realize this is for me to change. And what we fail to really look at is the changes the Holy Spirit wants to make in me is really to conform me more into the image of the one I'm to be looking at who is the greatest servant of all and the changes He wants to make in me allows me to have greater service to Him. Amen, Brother Curtis. (laughs) Don't you know that's what's happening? When we fight against the changes He's trying to make, we're fighting against greater opportunities He wants to give us. When we fight against the changes that are there for us that He's trying to make and we're against those things, we're fighting against really what He wants to do in and through us as a servant unto Him. We'll start saying, well, bless God, you know, they ain't doing that. Or bless God, that preacher ain't, <laughs> and all these things. We start mouthing all these things because what's in our heart is not servanthood. It's to be served. Well, if I don't get to sing, if I don't get to preach, if I don't get to do this, I'll just move. Well, you know what? See you later. Because God's looking for a broken heart, receptive heart, a willing mind that's not not showing up for anything. I'm here to serve Christ in my avenue. In the lane of this race God has set before me. I'm not here to elbow you out of your lane and try to... I got... <laughs> no. In my lane, and you're here to run the race in your lane, and not to be looking over to the left or the right, but to be looking to that one who's standing at the finish line, hallelujah, and empowering you to run daily by his spirit. Oh. Luke chapter 17, verses 5 through 10, and we're talking about servanthood because we're talking about Jude and what he's writing. The focus is on, notice this, Jude chapter 1, Jude takes off right here before we get too deep in this. I want you to know I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. That's how we ought to start our day. That's our day, end our day. Thank you, Lord. I'm a servant. That's not some slavery mentality of oh, brother. (laughs) That's the wrong attitude. I get to serve Christ today. I get to learn more more pleasing unto Him. Not me but what he did at Calvary, hallelujah. But how I can be more pleasing unto him. And he can't be pleased unless it's by faith in what he has said. And when he's pleased with me, that means I'm experiencing life. Amen. Because faith gives us direction, wisdom, strength, life. Faith is our overcoming power. Victory. Our faith in him. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. That's our prayer today. God, increase our faith. Well, you better watch what you're asking for because an increased faith means an increased place of servanthood. But you know, that's not what we're thinking when we ask God for faith today. God, increase my faith. Now, I'm talking, if you're not careful, this could be us. It has been for me in the past. God, really wanting is God to dump something on me that'll make me look like I got the power. <laughs> that I now. 
I told you years. sees those who want to serve him. Same stick where you can serve God by serving your pastor. There's a lot of folk who are serving a pastor that ain't serving the Lord. They just serving that pastor. So you got to be careful. Verse 5, Luke 17. Everybody say, Jesus. And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you have now, that's Jesus Walk, talking to the ones walking with him. If you had faith, even as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. But which of you having... Now notice what he's going into here. They ask for an increased faith. He's going to begin talking about service, servanthood. You want a real faith. Jesus was our example of true faith. The he was the greatest servant of all because he had a faith that was perfect that, that led him according to the will of the Father even when, his, when, it, when, when who he was he said not my will but thy will servant faith serves faith serves hmm Verse 7, But which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say unto him by and by when he has come from the field, go and sit down to meet now. Now let's talk about this. Let's try to understand. You've got somebody that works for you. They're serving you. And, and at the end, of the, they've been out there working your cattle all day long. And when they, they're your, they're, but they're your servant. They're serving you. And, and they're, they're, they're hired on to serve you. And they've been out there working your cattle all day. And when they come in at the end of the day from working your cattle, you don't tell them, sit down over there and I'll get you a plate. <laughs> Watch what Jesus says. And will Make ready wherewith I may sup and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken and afterward you shall eat and drink. Now let's read this again, starting in verse 7, so we can roll through and get Because the way this is worded can be confusing for us Northeast Texans. But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him, By and by, when he has come from the field, go and sit down to meet? And will not say unto him, Make ready. Sup and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward you shall eat and drink. Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I trow not. I think not. So Jesus said, so likewise, Jesus said, so likewise, when you shall have done all the say. To yourself. We are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. See, if that's not our attitude, then we are working for salvation. We've already been saved if our faith is in Christ, and what we became was servants to Christ. Yes, we're the friends of God. Abraham served God. All God's people serve God if they keep their faith right because true biblical faith causes you to be a servant to God by serving Christ. And at the end of the day, when we've done all we've done that the Master has commanded us to do, you don't get promoted to a place now where you're no longer a servant you're still a servant. And that's not a negative statement. Praise God! It's not been taken from you. 
As long as Jesus is our master, we will always Now to a lot of people that are hung up with slavery and the things that's gone on all over the world, even our nation, the horrible things, you got to let that go. You got to let that go. That was then. You got to let all that go. You got to get that type of slavery out of your mind. You got to understand that we're serving Christ now. And at the end of the day, when I've done all that I could do, that He's led me to do to serve Him, when I wake up tomorrow, I hadn't rated a higher place where I don't have to do as much. He's still beckoning me to walk according to the commandments of His Word. Hallelujah. That's right. Commandments of His Word. Not to get saved, not even to be sanctified, but to serve Him. See, that's a good statement. Not to be saved or sanctified daily, but to serve Him. Our desire above all please God. Amen? Amen. Not good, but to actually be found walking in that place of serving God. That's pretty powerful. Jesus taught this. The heart of the true servant understands that they're unprofitable. Our profit is that we've been made servants of Christ. Oh my goodness, the profit is that we've been made, P-R-O-F-I-T, our gain is that we've been made servants of Christ. We're serving the one who is our life, our, our king, our master, our ruler, the one who's done it all for us. He served us with his life being laid down. The greatest love that could be manifest, the one that would lay his life down for his friends. And now he calls us friends and he calls us servants. We're serving him. Mm. Jesus said that. If you're taking notes, John 15, 14, you're my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Think about that. So this first verse in Jude, today we've discussed the first thing Jude wrote about being a servant of Jesus Christ. Now we could talk on that subject forever because that's the story of the Bible. Men and women that God could reach for showing them what they had to believe to take His hand and to be led by them all throughout the Bible. And we're talking about Jesus Christ and Him crucified because without, with that last part, that's another Jesus you're trying to serve and it won't work out. If you're not serving Jesus as the Lamb of God, Jesus as the crucified, buried, and risen Savior, you're not serving the Jesus of the Bible. And today in the church, it's huge. We've got many Jesuses. Paul wrote about this almost 2,000 years ago. Paul wrote about there will be other Jesuses, other spirits, and other gospels. And we're seeing that greater now than ever before. But we're also seeing a move of God in the church that is a, an awakening again to righteousness, to the way of God, to the way to serve God, coming back to the cross of Christ, the only place where true servants are found. Oh, let me say that again. When we come back to Calvary, we find the only place where God can be served. Again, you read the, the, the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. You read Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. You see a people that can fall from grace. Paul even said in Romans chapter 7, if I try to live according to the commandment, I die. The sin nature revives and I die. There's a difference between death for the lost world and death for the Christian, but both exist. Death for the lost world is dead and buried in their sins and separated from God. Dead in the church, what the church in Sardis told they were, what Paul said he became when he tried to live according to the law, the sin nature revived and I died. Dead in the church is a separation of fellowship where there can be no fruit bearing because our faith is in the wrong object. And your faith, I heard my friend Pastor Colton Hill, he posted this on social media, said, your faith is only as powerful as its object. And if your faith is in Christ and Him crucified, make no mistake about it, you'll be found with a servant's heart serving Christ 
and you will know that you are, and not only will you know that you are, but everybody around you that's also serving Christ will know that you are because we know them by their fruits. We've got to get away from this, these phrases, nobody's perfect and no, nobody's perfect and, and that's true, but we're going in a perfect direction, being led by a perfect Savior and we're being chained. We've got to get away from all these factual statements as excuses. And that's what they become. If our faith is in Christ and Him crucified, will be found serving God by serving Christ. Robin handed me a note that says there will be no cross time next Friday because we will be in Wichita Falls and that is July the 12th. Next Friday we won't be here because we'll be in Wichita Falls, Texas at the other Crossway Church having meetings all weekend. So uh, I've got to let you go. We're out of time. We do love you. We praise God for you. Those who follow us, those who pray for us, those who give to us here for us to be able to continue to do what we're doing. You can give to the ministry here on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can text it on your phone at 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified.